Welcome back to the Super Smart Guys Podcast. The only podcast that exclusively covers the greatest fantasy football league of all time, the Spartan Super Bowl. Grab a beer and prepare yourself for the highlight of your week with your hosts, Novel Reshin and Block Tin. Woo! Welcome back! Week five down, great week, great week. This is a novel, novel reshift. We got with me Block. How are you doing, Block, this week? Oh, dude, I'm doing so wonderful right now. I got a beer and I got a victory for GM Kent. Let's go! <laughs> and then uh, we also got this week, we have our first GM, not a beat reporter. We have GM Reams himself. How you doing, Reams? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Coming off of a loss. Not only did my fantasy team lose, but Alabama football lost this week, and so it, it's been a rough week. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. It was a crazy week for football. Uh, there are some crazy games this weekend. But yeah, let's just like jump right. In. Well, actually, first, real, real quick before we jump into it, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I have been doing fantasy football for this is my fourth year doing fantasy. This is my first year doing dynasty football. Uh, dynasty fantasy football, excuse me. I've followed football in my life. I played football growing up, and I've always had a love for football and a passion for football, and it was recently that I got into fantasy, and I've been loving it ever since. Hell yeah. I know uh, your team did pretty good last year. You were, the, I think, the number one seed going into the playoffs and then ended up losing in the champion. You made it all the way to the championship game, which is pretty impressive, and then ended up losing. Yeah, Not good enough, almost. Not good enough. No comment on that. <laughs> and uh, I, I think it'll be really interesting to hear your take on when, uh, when we get to the, some of the power rankings later on in this. <laughs> uh, let's let's like jump right into it. So we got our standard segments this week. You know, newsflash. We got a new bet. There was a new bet. We'll go over that. Uh, we'll rewind the week. Talk about some of the. I think there was a trade that happened, and then we'll do our power rankings and then preview week six matchups. <laughs> So this week, the news has been, as we all know, like pretty heavily filled with all of the the Gruden stuff. So I think everybody knows everything about that. I don't think we need to really touch base on that so much. But yeah, let's just get into the fun news. Since tweeting, not satisfied with 1-0, the Jacksonville Jaguars... Have lost twenty straight games. The number just keeps climbing and climbing, man. It's well, the the record's twenty six, twenty nine. What is it? I think it's twenty six. Twenty six. That means that means this is the year, guys. Setting records, Jacksonville Jags. Good job, guys. Do you think they'll? Uh, do you think they'll hit it? Uh I thought there's a couple games now that they could have won, and then just to watch them crumble. Like, listen, I think the plan is for Trevor Lawrence to have the slogan record breaker in his first year. <laughs> I think that's the plan. Yeah. Looking at the rest of their schedule, at least the next seven games, they have some pretty tough opponents coming up. A few honorable mentions, the Rams, the 49ers, the Bills, and the Seahawks. So tough, tough schedule coming up for the Jaguars. I, I say they hit it. That would just be so NFL, though, if like the Rams lose to them. You know, like <laughs> the Niners, even like one of the one of the 
probably top 10 teams in the league just loses for some reason to the to the Jags. Niners, I would make, I mean, Niners would make sense right now. Niners are not top 10. I, w- I would even argue to say they're not top 15. You don't think top 15? Nah, they're starting to drop like a rock. Like their defense is good enough to get them some wins, but man, if they start coming against better teams, they're going to lose. I would also agree with that. I don't think that they're worse than the Jaguars, though. <laughs> so I'll I'll just like roll into this next one. I'm not going to hit the drop for it, but uh, Jags players break first huddle of practice by saying "grind." Yeah, so- <laughs> grind your fingers on this booty hole. That's what they mean. Maybe, maybe this is like you know when the like in uh when Michael Scott says like all the all the people hate the lunch lady or whatever all the they all become close you know maybe they're all maybe the team's like rallying around like hating Urban Meyer. <laughs> it's not a bad plan to be honest. Like if 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 you're Urban Meyer, like let him do it. Yeah, if it gets you the dub, let him do it. caller on the WIP morning show just called from the hospital because he got so mad during the Eagles game that he passed out from yelling. Found out they won once he woke up. Says he will send the bill to Howie Roseman. Thought that was uh, that was pretty funny. I don't know who Howie Roseman is. Howie Roseman is the executive vice president of the Philadelphia Eagles. So it's pretty hilarious that he sent the bill to him. Wonder if he's going to end up paying that. I doubt it. <laughs> Probably not. He's also their GM, I think. I think he's he's their GM. But yeah, it's pretty. It was pretty funny. Hey, hey guys, I'm actually I'm gonna. You guys can keep talking about this. I'm gonna go step out. I forgot to put my garbage can out on the street, and they're gonna get the garbage in the morning. So. Novel, your garbage is on Fridays. You're lying. No, no, no. <laughs> it's 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 tomorrow. Hey guys, hey, how's that? How's that? How's that? How's everything going? This is uh, this is your commissioner, right? Uh, it's going well. How you doing, commissioner? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing all right. Hey, I just wanted to like jump in on jump in on the show. I, I thought there was three people that hosted the show. Or is it just just you two? Currently, the beat reporter for the Green Bud Packers is out taking his trash. Mm. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, we whatever. I don't want to wait for him. I just wanna I just wanna go real quick through some of the the bylaws that I just uh, released the other day in case we, there were any questions. I know I've gotten a couple from people throughout the league uh, so far. So. Uh, did you guys get a chance to look at them yet? Yes. Do you guys have any things that like stood out? Any questions? Any big questions before I kind of give the overview? No, I think the rules are pretty straightforward. I like. I think the bylaws are something that was necessary for the league. I, I like them. Cool. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, so one thing that I want to kind of like talk on is like the the awards, the trophies, and awards. So just kind of like cleared up the like the processes and stuff of the what each person would win right so there's like the there's the overall traveling trophy and then the super bowl ring and then there's we're also going to be getting the uh the toilet bowl trophy that'll be sent to gm nicola right now for taking last place last year that'll be a traveling one as well um and then we've also added the pro bowl champion trophy so um i don't know if you guys remember week one i came on and i talked about the pro bowl that we'll be having um, so basically what every team is going to be doing is they're going to be, uh, designing their own team jerseys. So every, the, the green blood Packers will design a jersey. The Thunder Ducks will jer- design their own jersey and the, so the trophy, so the winner of the, of the pro bowl will get 
their own custom mini helmet, and it'll come in like a little display case with a plaque that says, you know, Pro Bowl champion or whatever. It'll be of like their team's jersey, so, or their team's helmet. And then the same thing with the Hall of Fame jersey. So the team that has the player that's inducted into the Hall of Fame will get a get their their team's jersey with that that player's name on the back. Uh, the number will be the year that they were inducted. So this year it'll be uh, twenty twenty one, obviously. Um, the the year of the season that they were inducted. So obviously it'll be it'll end in twenty twenty two. But um, and kind of talk about the um, the Hall of Fame there. That's going to be part of the Spartsies Awards. We'll do a we'll do a little award show just like the the ESPYS. Um, there's multiple categories on there. Everybody can kind of take a look on the the bylaws, but the the final the final award is going to be the Hall of Fame inductee. Does that make sense for you guys? You guys have any questions? No, it actually sounds all pretty exciting. Can't wait for this season to start, kind of like rolling around, so we can experience some of the stuff. I think it's be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, so the other thing that we put in there, uh, that there's some questions about the uh, the draft order. So I think I made it pretty self-explanatory in there very clear so the uh, last and second to last place so toilet bowl champion and toilet bowl runner-up will go into a lottery for the first and second overall pick and then the rest of the players or the rest of the teams that are in the uh, toilet bowl will be assigned picks based off of their max points for so that's like the total amount of points that they could have scored every week if they had set the perfect lineup so prevents a team from tanking in like week 14, 15 or whatever. Um, and then same thing is true for picks uh, um, 7th through 10th. And then 11th and 12th is the Spartan Super Bowl runner-up and then the Spartan Super Bowl champion. So. And then I clarified some some rules about trading. So we have the, uh, we have the, the COLA rule, which is basically... If a, uh, if a trade is accidentally accepted, the GM uh, that accepted the trade, if they immediately notify in, like, the chat or whatever that they that it was on, on accident, then that trade can be overturned. If they, like, wait for, you know, 20 minutes or so, and then all of a sudden people are like, oh, that was a BS trade, they can't be like, oh, I accepted on accident, you know, after hearing everybody else's thoughts on it. Uh, you know, that that buyer's remorse or whatever, or like they, they clicked it and then they just decided against it right after. So you can't, you can't do that. Um, but if it's immediate, if it's like immediate, then yeah. And then it's, and it's only for the person that accepts it. So make sure you're sending the correct trades as well. And then there's also the, there's the Caleb Kent can't rule. It's racism and bigotry is strictly prohibited in this league. So, uh, make sure that uh, teams are adhering to that. We don't well, we don't want any racism or bigotry. So, so on on that, in a serious note, yes, the Spartan Super Bowl League absolutely does not accept any type of discourage, discouraging comments, slurs, or any type of targeting, uh, disgusting behavior or words. Um, I think that we can all agree as a league that GM Kent never used any terminology like that, that GM Kent is one of the most pure-hearted people in the Spartan League, and that the association with his team and his name for this rule is borderline targeting itself. 
So I, I don't know if you saw what uh, I think it was Jerry Jones just said this. I don't, I don't really find myself agreeing a lot with Jerry Jones, but he said something of like, just because somebody makes some comments or whatever, it doesn't necessarily mean they're, uh, that's, that's their character. But they should be held accountable for those comments that they made, depending on how people feel about those comments. So, and and which can we can we? I would just like the commissioner's view on this. And which comment exactly is the one that labeled GM Kent as this apparent racist? I think I think it was the uh, I think it was to a former GM, uh, GM Chenault. We all we all have it. I I have it uh, screenshotted. It's in the emails. There's been an investigation into it, and he was offended at the time. So, oh, don't worry. No, no, no. We've also launched our own private detective <laughs> to uh, look into this matter outside of league sources. And I'll go ahead and tell you that the phrase that was used in conjunction with speaking to GM Chenault was Tron, as in, whoa, as whoa, in, whoa. as in the negative <laughs> transformer. As in, oh, let's go defeat the Autobots. I don't think they'll like that very much, guys. I don't remember seeing that in Transformers. Come on, Bullock. Come on. Let's not stoop to GM Kent's level here. So so we can all agree that everyone is literally taking things way out of character and that this is basically your fault, Commissioner, because this is the type of reaction that you accept. Got it. Okay, cool. So on a, on a different note, uh, there's one more thing that I wanted to bring up about from in the bylaws, just to kind of like clear up anything, any questions that might be had. So in 9.3.4, uh, a member who decides that he cannot fulfill his responsibilities to the league effectively may ask for and be granted a leave of absence. So basically, if like, hey, you're going to be like, we're all military. Like if you're going to be TDY somewhere where you're not going to have, you're going to be like super fucking busy or something like that, or like you're going on a deployment or something like that, you can let me know as a commissioner. I'll try to do everything that I can to allow you to stay in the league and just kind of take a leave of absence from it. So either I will run your team for a little bit by just putting in like the highest projected players, or we can find a co-manager or co-owner for you for those couple months. But yeah, the communication is the big thing. So if you're going to be on leave or something like that, you're not going to be available to like set your lineup. Just let me know. Or let your representative know. So that was the only thing, too, is we put together the board of directors. So the board of directors consists of myself as the commissioner, John Tumavikis as the Spartan South Division representative, Caleb Kent as the co-commissioner and Spartan Southwest Division representative, and then Daniel Benson as the Spartan Southeast Division representative. So, And then, yeah, any changes to these will be voted on by the board of directors. So. Oh, and then one final thing, one final thing. So so a lot of these, these things won't apply to this year because we had already collected dues from everybody and everything. We're, we're still doing the cash prize this season because that had already been, like, stated. But going forward, just want to check out the dues section, 9.5. Basically, it's going to be more of a donation basis than a required, but the we'll have the average that, like, we ask from everybody and to pay for all this stuff so with like this podcast for example uh cost about 184 dollars every year to just like have up so helping pay for some of those things instead of having the you know whatever 20 dollars and making sure everybody can pay it so 
from right now, the average total that we need from each manager is $45. Uh, that's like next season, obviously. And then that's the baseline suggestion amount. Some will give less, others will give more. Not all managers may be able to part with $45 annually, even though it's really not that much over the year, uh, but everybody can give something. And then dues paid and amounts paid shall be confidential. So contact, the, contact myself if you have any concerns. Um, and then if anybody's interested in being the treasurer, by the way, let me know. I just put myself as the treasurer for right now, but, you know, if anybody wants to be the treasurer, let me know. And all the breakdown of, like, the cost and stuff is on there, so. What do you guys think about that, doing it like that? Um, I think that's alright. It sounds like a lot of the league will kind of be more involved with some of the things that are going on, which kind of helps people buy in to be more participant rather than, like, uh, set a lineup on Tuesday, and uh, I'll come back to it again next Tuesday. Um, it just, especially with it being dynasty kind of helps. It's just going to have to be accepted and bought in by everybody for it to work. Mm -hmm. I also think that there's a lot of cool opportunities coming up for the Spartan Super Bowl league, uh, with the website and, you know, the continuation of the podcast. Uh, so I, myself, am, am excited to those. And, and, you know, I think that $45, as you said, really isn't that much for all these amazing opportunities that we have coming yeah, and uh, so I don't, the the thing that I'm kind of basing this off of mostly is the Oil League. I don't know if, if you guys have ever heard of it. Um, OIL League, you can Google it. They have like their own website and everything. Uh, it's from the Oklahoma Iraqi League or something like that. A bunch of Army guys. They have their Fans Football League. They're like 40-something members, though, and they have – that's how that's how I got the – uh, the idea for this, you know, league cost and stuff. And the, the thought process of getting rid of, like, the cash, the cash prize is I don't think anybody here is playing to win $100 or $150 or whatever, you know, that is first place. And I think that's, I think our league has kind of transcended most of that. And most of us would rather have, like, a custom jersey of your, that says, like, your team and that, you know, that player from that year or something like that. So, yeah. All right, uh, you got you guys got anything else? Any other questions before I head out? Let me go. Got some errands to run. No, no. I appreciate you taking the time to step in and talk about the, the rules and bylaws and some of the things moving forward in the league commission. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you around. Yep, I'll see you guys. Hey guys, uh, hey guys, I'm back. Would you guys? How far along into the podcast are you? Twenty three minutes and twenty three seconds. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> oh, geez, I was gone for a little bit for quite a while. I was, I got distracted. I was, you know, first had to move the garbage and then it spilled and I was picking everything up and it was a whole scene and then I had to shower and stuff. So, so I had garbage all over me. Yeah. What, uh, so you guys already went through all the NFL news. We had a little surprise visit and we talked about some bylaws. So I think we did wrap up the news. Okay. We can, uh, we can jump right into the next one. All right. So it's the, the betting section, uh, GM reams. This is a very important segment to have you on here. So why don't you why don't you give us a little insight on the uh, the thing that went down a couple weeks ago at the Chiefs Ravens game? So myself and GM Benson, we were at we were sitting next to each other at the Chiefs Ravens game, and it was the end nearing the end of the fourth quarter, and we had uh, been watching the game together the entire you know the entire game and everything. The situation was the Ravens were ahead. You know, I think there was less than a minute to go in the football game, and, and the Ravens needed a first down 
to convert and win the football game. And GM Benson looked at me and he said that he believed not only were the Ravens not going to convert on fourth down, but they were the Chiefs were going to come back and end up winning the game. And I looked at him and I was the one that proposed the jersey bet. And I said, all right, so let's do a jersey bet on it. And he was like, you know what? I'm I'm in. Let's let's do this thing. So we shook on it and he wanted a Minnesota Vikings jersey in the event that he uh, won the bet and the Chiefs, you know, ended up winning the game. And I told him I wanted a Julio Jones jersey and uh, Ravens ended up converting and winning the game. So I won the bet in a matter of matter of seconds. Yeah. So I actually I, I talked to uh, GM Benny this week. He said he does owe you a jersey. So he did say it, it wasn't going to. He wasn't going to be able to pay it out immediately, which I understand. And I told him, you know, he has the rest of the season to fulfill that bet. <laughs> I think he's he's really looking for a jersey because he, he actually made another jersey bet this last weekend um, with GM Elam. So he, he made another bet with, uh, with him about the Vikings and the Panthers game. I think they play this week, so... Obviously, he wants the Vikings to win, so if he ends up winning that, uh, he'll get a jersey from Elam. Yeah, he might as well just – he's going to be called GM Benny the Vendor Benson. Like yeah. He's just slinging <laughs> merchandise everywhere. I'm pretty sure he's bought three Packers jerseys, two or two or three. Wow. <laughs> that's – I mean, that's pretty significant. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so let's uh let's have a get a little word from our sponsor here. You know, gotta gotta keep the lights on. So, hey, you guys have a court date? You guys do anything wrong? You got a court date? Someone do you dirty? Do you think you've been entitled to some kind of compensation? Well, you need to call Killam and Dead Law Firm. They will take care of things. Just call six 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 one three one three. That's six 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 thirteen thirteen, and ask for Bundy Killam or Dahmer Dead. 100% of their cases don't even go to trial. They're problem fixers for a modest fee. You got a tough situation? Call Kill Them and Dead. They're my go-to guys. I use them all the time. They will attorney the shit out of it, right? That's Again, that's Kill Them and Dead Law Firm at 666-1313. So let's go into our uh, our weekly rewind. All right, so it was a pretty crazy week. Some great games. I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch all of them, but there were some ups and downs, a lot of missed field goals. Monday night was a hell of a game. Yeah, you guys got any like initial thoughts about it? Oh, I know that that Monday night game is what helped GM Kent get that huge victory over Baconator. Who knew Mark Andrews could ball out like that? GM Kent did. That's why he drafted him. That's why. <laughs> Almost 50 points. That's pretty crazy. He had a 1% chance to win. Never count out GM Kent. Never. <laughs> Rams, how do you uh, how do you think this week went? As far as the NFL goes, I thought the stat with the Chargers and the Browns scoring, I believe it was 43 points in the fourth quarter. I could be wrong on that, but that was crazy impressive. And that, that game was, the, the amount of lead changes in that game was insane. As far as fantasy goes, it was a disappointing week for... My team, GM Reams team. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was that was nuts. Like the they pulled Austin Eckler into the end zone. Like I don't, I I could be wrong, but I don't think I've ever seen that. 
I've I've never seen that either. No, nah, that's that's Kevin Stavansky as a defensive minded coach. He yeah. he knows what to do. He was like, hey, I, get him in there. Like literally, he's gonna keep sitting down. He needs to get in there. It was pretty. It was pretty wild. And like, I, it made sense. Yeah, like it gave them the best chance. So it reminds me last year of the Falcons uh, running back uh, when he tried to not score uh, to save time and ended up scoring. But this time it was intentional by the defense, which mm-hmm. is almost unheard of. Yeah, like I've definitely seen that before. It was like a player will like try to sit down at the one or something like that. And sometimes it's successful, and then like other times they like end up being pushed in. But oh, that's the worst! Like last year when Nick Chubb did it, he had like a forty-five yard run and just stepped out at the one. Like there's so many people that were pissed and lost because they didn't get in the end zone. Especially like with with like our league now, like you get an extra bonus point for a a forty-yard plus touchdown. So yeah, that would have been an extra point on top of the six. Was pretty nuts. So yeah, but like so moving into the week, we had one we had one trade from this last week. But before we get into it, I want to kind of just discuss some stuff. So like two weeks ago, we had like a lot of discussions about trades, and I I want to make it clear I agree a hundred percent with everything that was said. I think everybody needs to think about trades before they accept them. And make sure that you're making, like, the best decision for your team. But as I was kind of, like, editing that, I was, I kind of, I didn't want it, I don't want it to scare off trades. I, the last thing that I want to do is discourage trades from happening within this league. So, I know that the commissioner listens to a uh, a commissioner podcast every single week. And he was telling me he actually just, he heard, they they brought this up about how, They've never seen a trade ruin uh, a ruin a league, and so I'm, we're going to take a little field trip. We're going to take a little field trip in our podcast. We're going to play a clip from their podcast, and yeah, we'll we'll talk about it afterwards. So, so once again, we had a we had a trade protested this week, and the the person protesting, you know, didn't like a didn't like trade or trades and he, you know, got a couple other people to protest so we would look into it. And they they bring up he bring he brings up this idea that I see every once in a while they go this is going to ruin the league. This is too unbalanced, it's going to ruin the league. And I just wanted to touch on that because, you know, that that's not really a thing. A yeah. single a single trade or even a couple trades is not going to ruin a league. I've been commissioning for 30 plus years. Safe Leagues has 1,100 plus leagues. We've been commissioning those for seven years. I haven't seen it yet. It's it's the owners that ruin a league because, it, you know, that a trade may happen. The trade on its, on its face and within the league is not going to ruin the league. It's the owners that are going to ruin the league because of their attitude about the trade and how they handle the situation. Uh, I, I'm going to give a story from about three or four years ago. Uh, three years ago, I believe. Uh, it was the year that TJ Yeldon was a top 10 back for the first half of the season. Do you remember that, oh, Ryan? Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> okay. So a team with no running backs in safe leagues traded Michael Thomas – for TJ Yeldon and a second at that point. Um, so he got TJ Yeldon in a second and he traded away Michael Thomas, which is a really bad trade. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so he, he got Yeldon for, you know, some of the games of that, you know, of the part where he was doing good. 
And then of course the end by the end of the season, Yeldon had dropped off. I think someone someone else kind of took over that backfield. I forget I forget exactly what happened. Maybe, but uh, um, anyway, that that league got some people in that league got up in arms after this. Like the team that got Michael Tom, they said it would ruin the league. The Michael Thomas owner had a huge advantage. Now the Michael Thomas owner did not win the league, nor did he win <laughs> second or third. He didn't. He was bounced from the playoffs in the first round. And the following year, the Michael Thomas League owner did not win any money. And the following year, the Michael Thomas owner did not win any money because I've routinely checked up on this one just to make sure. And also because it's got another interesting factoid. Six teams left that league, at because, I'm guessing in part because of that trade, after the season. This, the team, you know, teams that were upset or just whatever, mm-hmm. but six teams, half the league disappeared. Got six new owners. That league has not lost an owner since. It's it's wow. one of the leagues in safe leagues where it's it's a it's been all it's been perfect no turnover since, which it's a almost just borderline just a statement on it's the owners it's not yeah. the trade it's not the trade that's going to ruin your league it's the owners. Well, I think you could take the same the same idea and apply it to a, a lot of different things. Like I have tried to come up with ways to build really active trading leagues, right? I mean, I've put in rules that require you to trade or to make trade offers and and that that has not worked. And the reason it hasn't worked is it, it comes down to the, the players in the league. If you want a really uh, active league where, where people trade a ton, get active managers who like to trade. Like that's yeah. the answer. It's not creating a rule that, that forces it. Um, yep. So whatever you want uh, out of a league, it comes down to who's who you have playing, right? Yep. Um, the other thing that you started that, that I was thinking about as you started that story, you've, you've got somebody complaining about a trade because potentially they think it is collusion. They, they put the complaint out there or whatever that process is, mm-hmm. but then they go to the rest of the league to say, you should complain about this trade too. You should protest yep. this trade too. Yep. It's it's isn't, funny. He, isn't that collusion? That's collusion. Yeah, it kind of is. The, oh my gosh! I love that you said that because I had that same thought driving uh, home after dropping my kid off this morning. I love that you said that about that because I thought to myself, the 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 people involved in this are l- colluding less than you are with the other teams in the league trying to get get something reversed or get a league canceled or whatever. You know, like it seems like there's more collusion on your end. Yep. So true. So true. I love that you said that. <laughs> I, I I wondered if my, like me thinking that in the car this morning was like just weird or like if it even made sense, but if you're yeah, saying it, then I feel it's better. Not a about stretch it. At all. Um, yeah. But uh, ju- just basically the end of, of my story and the Michael Thomas story is that I, I run a ton of leagues and I don't think I've ever seen, I know I've never seen a tra- like trade end a league like or ruin a league like that. I, I think the only place you get the argument is if a team is a super contender, like they're the best team in the league, and they get one of those super off balance trades like yeah. late in the season or something. I think that's the only place you can make that case. First off, what do you guys think? I know you guys haven't uh, listened to this clip yet. I agree with it. I do think that it is the owners and the mindset of the owners rather than the trades itself. Um, and I think that, you know, if all the owners are very active and 
like to trade. That's what makes it fun. Yeah, I think whenever the commissioner hopped on just a little bit ago and kind of laid down some of the bylaws, he addressed some of this as far as like the trade rules and things go. Um, I think the rules that we have in place in the league are probably right where they need to be. They're not harsh. They're not out of bounds. um, And they're not complicated. And I think that right now, we're kind of in that sweet spot, I think, where the league can continue on and there's not going to be any issues. And I think we have had trades that have kind of like come back to that normalcy that I think that people would like to see. When I first heard this, I was really encouraged by it because I think like the owners in this league, I think the GMs are awesome. I think everybody's like super into it. I think we don't have GMs that are going to ruin this league. And like that, that was kind of like my takeaway is like, I don't want to discourage trading. That's like the last thing that I want to happen from this podcast, from like talking about trades, like, oh, that was a bad trade. Like, I don't want people to feel discouraged from making a trade that every the rest of the league is like, oh, what a stupid trade, right? Like, worst case scenario, you are like uncompetitive a little bit for like a, a for a little bit, right? Like you're going to be fine. Like that's not going to ruin your team. That's not going to ruin the league. It's not going to like unbalance everything, right? Like as long as everybody's active and consistent and, you know, we're all like BSing in the chat, right? Like, or you guys are all right. I'm not, I'm not in the league. I think uh, this, this league is one of the greatest leagues of all time. And yeah, that, and that's a, that's another reason I heard from the commissioner of why, there's the rule of like no dump there's trades aren't overturned because they think that they're dumb you know because and especially within dynasty you're going to you're going to see trades that you might think are lopsided but all of a sudden you look down the road and they end up being pretty great like you even see the one that happened on draft night with JK Dobbins and stealing that first that first pick from GM Nicola like that immediately turned around and it is at worst fair it's like it's i would almost say that GM Nicola got the better end of it because he got some younger talent through it but uh at worst it's fair i mean he also got Juju through it and Juju whew, has looked rough i don't know if he's been just eight injuries or if he's just not the receiver he's out for the season right yeah he's out I mean, Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool took over even whenever he was in this year, and they even moved him around to new spots, like trying to get him involved. And he's just he's just not there. But yeah, no, you're exactly right, Novel. He's he's out this year. So J.K. out, Juju out, trade Nolan Void. I mean, I think there were some picks involved, but I know GM Nicola ended up getting Shuba Hubbard, I think, because of it. And he's looked great in uh in CMZ's absence. So, oh, Chuba's gonna be a solid running back. Yeah, CMC leaves for a solid amount of time. Like he's he's gonna be there for a while. What do you think about that, Reams? Actually, you were on the other you were on the other end of that. I was, and you know it's unfortunate that Juju got hurt, but it it does look better in in the sense of the trade. And I had acquired J.K. Dobbins, but then I traded him away. Uh, later after the the draft, I believe it was a couple weeks after the draft. But yeah, I think the overall uh, trade ended up being fair in itself, and you know, it's it, I, f- I feel like it's worked out for both. 
Um, I'm high on Trouba Hubbard, and I'll sad to see him go. Yeah, I think you guys ended up trading second round picks, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, you got like an earlier second round pick, and then he got a later one or something like that. So I don't know who you ended up getting it. I also lost a well when I traded away J.K. Dobbins. I I traded away next year's first and second round pick, uh, and J.K. Dobbins for Darren Waller, and that was with Benny, right? Benny. Yeah. So like. I want to encourage like trading, right? Like that's honestly that that's what makes dynasty fun because waiver wire, not super active. And that's the way that dynasty should be, right? Like you grab players that you believe in like two years down the road in hopes that like when you grab that player that is like, that sucks. That's like barely utilized. And then two years later, they end up being like a top wide receiver, a top running back. Like, that's going to feel so awesome. So that's like the whole point of Dynasty. And that's what like, that's what happens in trading. You know, you trade those guys. So. But yeah. Uh, and then I guess, you know, we kind of looked at each other throughout it. Like when they were talking about the collusion, I don't know if I agree so much with that. You know, protest a trade like if you want to, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like it's not collusion. Like I, I get what the, the point they were trying to make was like, well, you're gathering the team to go against something. But like, I mean, it sounds much more like, uh, a protest it sounds much more like a protest than it is colluding you're not going behind secret doors being like hey guys let's back out of this league go form our own league without these two players since they want to do that like all you're doing is bitching about a trade like whatever dude like if you didn't like it, you didn't like it. and honestly that's that's kind of fun is when you <laughs> when people immediately when whenever like whenever i were to make like or whenever gm fisher makes a trade I know I'm looking at the chat like right away, like, oh, what are people thinking? Like it, like who do they think won on this one? Like, uh, yeah, I that's like the first thing that I do whenever GM Fisher makes a trade. I I follow his team so closely. I'm always like a step ahead. I just know whenever one's about to be finished. So, so speaking of that, let's like you know we 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 covered this I think enough. Um, let's let's jump into this first trade that happened this week. And like, speaking of a good trade, I think GM Fisher had a pretty good trade trade analyzers or whatever might not agree completely. But like I said, in dynasty, maybe your trades aren't always going to line up with what the trade calculators say or whatever. But, uh, so GM Fisher and GM Schiller, they, they completed a trade. GM Schiller got Jerry Judy, Zach Moss and Darnell Mooney. For Zach Ertz, Michael Thomas, and GM Selly's 2022 first round pick. So not not GM Schiller's first round pick, GM Selly's first round I think that when you look at it right now, like on paper, you're looking at GM Fisher giving away a lot of young talent that could turn into maybe some prominent pieces and some offenses, who knows. Um, and in return, he got older, banged up talent, but kind of balances that out with the first round pick in this next upcoming draft. So it's like he could go and get maybe a top pick in the next year's draft because it is going to be GM Selly's pick. And right now he's one and four. So you could have just traded a top three pick to, to get a top three pick. So, I mean, that's that's pretty fair. Yeah, I agree. I think it was a fair trade overall. Uh, GM Schiller is definitely building for the future and GM Fisher 
you know, Michael Thomas is looking to possibly come back against the Seahawks and who knows how that will go. And I, I think I'm, I'm excited for it. I, I hope it ends up well for both parties. Yeah, I know. I know like GM Fisher was definitely, definitely upset to get rid of uh, Judge Judy and D money. But, you know, he didn't really care about Zach Moss. Nobody wants some Moss, you know. Moss is like old stuff growing on a rock. Like, nobody wants that, right? He was definitely upset to get rid of Judy. I think there was a little bit of alcohol involved. I heard it was after trivia. He had forgot that he had, like, sent the trade. Never drink and trade. I mean, that's it seems to be GM Fisher's, like, his go-to, like, how every trade has been completed so far. So... <laughs> And, and you know he's he's what four and one, so maybe that's the secret. Maybe that's the secret. So uh, let's 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 get into some waiver grabs from out the week. You guys got any that like stood out to you? I saw that GM Kent had made a recent waiver grab. Uh, he wow. included thirty five dollars of of Fab money to acquire Jarek McKinnon. Uh, he, I, I think he was a little disappointed that no one else kind of went for that, and he had to bid so high for that, and he was the only one. Hey, you can you can buy G six plans whenever you got the money. I know from like from my talks with GM Fisher, like he was definitely like curious how the fab would work, like how much people were going to be bidding for players throughout the year. So I know a lot of teams still have like a lot of their fab money that as as a lot of other teams transition to the dynasty format where the the waiver acquisitions are pretty scarce, right? I mean, I didn't think the $35 was like that crazy, but it was pretty funny that nobody else bid for it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, other than that, I think it was pretty slow. Just your standard like adding and dropping players, Ricky Seals-Jones. Yeah, I think we're kind of like in the dormant stage of a possible trade volcano, so to speak. Um, a lot of bye weeks are starting to come up like this, but like this week is going to be the first one, and then they're not going to stop until week 12. Uh, I mean, through week 12, so technically week 13. So you're going to have this five-week span where people are going to have to move pieces or if injuries start striking in that time frame as well, you might see some bigger trades. You might see some people going to the waiver wire just hoping and praying somebody goes off uh, it could be get real it could be real interesting yeah so uh let's move into some league records from week five uh we'll, we'll start it off with the most combined points in the game that was the game with gm fisher and gm benson they scored a total of 330.52 points combi- combining their scores that's Almost, almost like 0. 0.06 points less than 10 points higher than the highest combined points in a game previously. And that was between Doherty and Kent. So Fisher scored 195.78 and Benson 134.74. Wild game. I thought GM Fisher scoring 195 points when I when I saw the final score of that game, I was blown away. I've, I've never seen a fantasy team score that many points in in one week uh at least based off of the way we score this league so that was quite impressive it was definitely the uh the perfect storm um and then so with that 
you know, scoring 195 points, that's obviously going to lead into some more, uh, some more records. So that was the highest, highest point total of any GM of all time. GM Fisher joined the over 170 points club as the highest scoring player. And then we also had a new entry to the under 80 points club. GM Tuma Vickis, for his second time this season, only scored 76.66. I will say for the high scoring, though, when we were talking about joining the over 170 club, I think that as a league, they might want to look into raising it to 180. Especially if you already have Elam going over 180 twice this year, GM Fisher going over uh, 190 even this year. Like, There's already people that are going up there. So I think a boost to 180 wouldn't be bad. Yeah, I... I, I agree, and I think we might even look at the under 80 club, maybe even move it down to one or under eight or under 75. But the main reason we put it at 170 was get Simon Selly in there last week. He had a good game, give him some recognition. Yeah, it's just looking at it, though, like the scoring system has changed since last year, and you're looking at there are six top entries you can have, and five of them are from this year alone, and we're only in week five. Like it, like like the last year's numbers are being absolutely blasted out of the water. And I understand there's a point change for the league, like the way the scoring system changed. But like it's just all the records are being made for this year, which going forward from this point on would stand. I was just saying, I think the league could be benefited from that. And also, uh, just a side piece as well. Talk about the under eighty club. All of those records are from twenty twenty, except. For GM Tumavikas, who has had <laughs> two this year in the seventies, yeah, yeah, it's pretty. I so I think some of the, like the point changes are really not like they're more reflective of boomer bust games where like if a if a if a player you know has a bunch of those big you know forty plus yard catches that's going to add to their points more than last year. Because that was one of the scoring changes. Whereas, like last year, we had defenses, which is you know pretty decently consistent between five and twelve points ish. Yeah, I was just I just noticed like I'm looking at the record, and you week three is the only week in 2021 that is not represented on the over 170 club. So week one, two, four, and five, there's been somebody that joins that club. So it's kind of it seems less exclusive. Yeah, I think I think 180 is a it's a solid uh, number to put it at. And with GM Fisher going over 195, that's not only impressive, but he had his flex spot, Kenny Galladay, scored zero points. So had he had someone in his flex uh, that had scored more points, he he would have crossed 200 likely. Also, Zach Hertz scored uh, two 2.2 fantasy points this week. And so that's two spots you know tight end tight end premium league scoring's different had he had other people in there he he would have completely blown 200 out of the water so 195 is incredibly impressive as well yeah i think he just had like a a bunch of boomer bust players that boomed that week (laughs) you know it was the the, uh was the perfect storm mike williams mike williams yeah and (laughs) lamar jackson and uh Jonathan Taylor and Devonte Adams. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So let's let you know. So let's get into some highlights. 
And first up, I want to bring up a I'll bring up a highlight. Actually, we all kind of wanted to bring it up as the as the host of this episode. We wanted to bring it up. We didn't. We we screwed up last week. Block. We 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 forgot to bring up something with uh with Michael Knight on here when when the commissioner was on. I heard that he had talked about a certain a new a new rule. I think it was the Caleb Kent Kant rule about no bigotry within the league. Um. Well, last week there was actually. A, a GM that was being a sizist. Is that is that correct? Oh, you bet. Um, I know the commissioner came on, uh, and God bless him. The conversations were had where the the occurrences that have GM Kent's name associated to him are, again, taken out of context. But this case, <laughs> in particular, is not taken out of context. It is not a phrase or a word that has no meaning whatsoever used. It was literally referring to a group of people as an object. Yeah, what was the, what was the exact quote on it? The exact quote from GM Simon Selly was, and I quote, also, these should be the only ball stewards in the NFL, end quote. Now, I know this by these... He meant little people. Yes. He included a picture. Yes, he he did include a picture. Yep. It was a it was a little person, a dwarf, a midget. I know I've seen back and forth between the that community of what they would like to be called. So and and I you know, I I want to call them what they want to be called, right? Like but I want to call them, right? Like that when I say that I, I say I want to call them. I don't I don't say I want to call those what they want to be called, right? I'm not, I, I acknowledge that they are also people unlike a certain GM in our league. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it was intolerable. I think it was despicable. I think that it was unforgivable almost. I mean, it's a dynasty league, so he'll be around for a little bit. I think we may be able to forgive him going forward. We'll see. Um, it's just whenever you use terms like that, and associate them to a people or a group of people. Um, it belittles them. It be, it... <laughs> See, this is the kind of thing that we cannot allow. Can't tolerate it. <laughs> you can't tolerate it. It was. It was. I meant, I meant no pun by that. You absolutely did. Um, which is, I feel like the commissioner might need to step back in and have some more discussions. <laughs> maybe look, in a look, maybe a state of the state of the league. Maybe in a state of the league address. I am Adam Schefter of this league, and I know did, his. Did you not see the articles that Adam Sch- Adam Schaefer is under is under investigation right now for with John Gruden? <laughs> I know his journalistic <laughs> integrity is being questioned right now due to the John Gruden investigation. However, he is still untouchable because he's Adam Schefter, and I am Adam Schefter. He's not untouchable. He's, if he's guilty, <laughs> he's going to be found guilty. You're right. Novel Reshif is untouchable. Oh. Some have referred to GM Simon Selly's comment as, quote, racist towards little people, end quote. I did hear that quote that somebody referred to little people as their own race, which mm. is obviously incorrect. So in the two circumstances between those allegations that had GM Kent's name associated with it. And the most recent that we have discussed with GM Simon Selly, 
the only racism I see going on is GM Simon Selly talking about little people. It's bigotry. It's bigotry is what it is. Yeah, yeah. absolute bigotry. I was hanging out with GM Benny when the uh, when the 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 quote was made. You know, we 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 at first we were like, "Well, is it a racist? Like, what it what is it?" And we were trying to look for the word, and we we did our our Google searches. Bigotry is what we landed on. It is the most. It is the most fitting. It is the most fitting term. And sizest. Size. Yes. Size. Yes. 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 GM Simon Sully has a clear problem with size. Yes. Yes. He doesn't view little people, dwarves, midgets, whatever they want to be called. He does not view them as other people. And I, you know, then that's that's incorrect. That is not what we are about as a league. GM Simon Selly, I mean, he's not the tallest person in the world, and he's not the tallest person in this league, even. So he might feel inferior, and, and he wanted to be included and, and maybe apply for a job to be one of his, quote, these people. Is it too much for us to ask for an apology letter? I think apology letters should be required, in fact. I agree. I think an I apology concur. letter to the league would be exactly the prescription for this. One and a half page minimum. You know, twelve point font, yeah, single space, single space, yeah, single space to to little people of all of all sizes. You know, not not to us. It should be to little people, right? I mean, he needs to apologize to little people. He needs to apologize to us. Like it's to the league. He is apologizing yes. to the league as an entity. You know what? To mankind, which includes little people, right? I, um. GM Simon Sully might not agree with that as he thinks that they are objects, but uh, but mankind does include little people. So I think he should I, I we should be expecting that apology letter within a week and a half. We'll give him a week and a half. That's that's one page per week. It's a week and a, a page and a half, week and a half. Sounds good to me. I'm done. This is starting to poison my mood. <laughs> so let's 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 yeah, let's let's move on to like this week. Some more highlights from this week. First off, I, there was a lot of flip flops, right? There was a lot of like games that just kept on like you watch the percentage of probability of winning the game. First game that kind of flip flopped quite a bit was the Green Bud Packers. There was a lot of them, but the first one was the Green Bud Packers versus the Skull Squad. Green Bud Packers had a nine percent chance of winning. Skull Squad had to deal with some unfortunate injuries, but. Skull Squad is looking great. I think Skull Squad is bouncing back for sure. Um, I mean, they've made a lot of trades during the draft, after the draft, week to week. Like they're very active. I think you're starting to see some health return to their league. I think you're starting to see some players start acting and performing like they're supposed to. I mean, we kind of like we're kind of ragging on the Skull Squad at the beginning of the year, being like, "Ah, it's." Going to be like, oh, it's a taco buy type thing, but he has some fight to him. I'd be careful about this one. Yeah, they're, his team is young, but they're going to be scary in a few years. I mean, they're almost like you almost count them out every single week, but then they've been putting up a fight every single week. So it's like if they're putting up a fight every single week, imagine what they're going to do two years from now with the, they have like, what, 10 picks within the first two rounds? Like, they. They're going to be pretty great, I think. Um, and they've dealt with a little bit of injury as well. So, yeah, we'll see. Then we also had, this is the biggest comeback that I think I have ever seen of all time. The Thunderducks 
had a 1% chance to win. A 1% chance to win going into Monday Night Football, even up until like halftime at Monday Monday Night Football. Like there's only a half of football left in the week, and they had a 1% chance to win, and they did. Pretty fucking impressive. I'm trying not to yell any more about this. Um, I felt like that Monday morning, my voice was hoarse. I was waking up everybody in the house, calling GM Kent. Uh, like we, we had scheduled to pop champagne that evening, just having a great time. Couldn't believe it. Like, what are the chances? Um, and I, this is definitely a game that's going down in the record books. Yeah, this is, I think, you know, we, we talk about the Sparties or the Spartsies later in the season, this might be the come. I, I, I can't remember if that's an award, but maybe, maybe we'll have to create an award for this. It, it should be an award. Yeah. Comeback game of the year. Right. Like what did, uh, what did Mark Andrews end up scoring? 47.29 or something like that. That's nuts. When he was like projected like 15 or something. Yeah. Yeah. He's projected like 15, 16 points and then just had himself, a killer second half. I mean, and hats off to Lamar Jackson as well. He kind of willed it so. And hey, thanks to the Colts' defense. You know, like if maybe he forgot that the tight end was a position. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it was, uh, and in overtime too. Like I'm pretty sure GM Kent had lost going into overtime. Like I, it was overtime that won the game for him. So that is pretty awesome, and I think that'll go down in our record books. Um, moving on. So I put this as a highlight because I think it's, you know, we mentioned every week GM Reams is expected to set basically a perfect lineup because his bench sucks. So Reams this week, you, you only set a 73% perfect lineup. Like what do you got to say for yourself? I am disappointed. I, (laughs) I could not be more disappointed and Khalif Raymond, and especially Dallas Goddard. I, For some reason, it might be because I have a roommate who's an Eagles fan, but for some reason I'm high on Dallas Goddard, and now I'm, I'm as low as you can get, and he likely won't see a spot back in the starting lineup, maybe even the rest of the season, depending on if Zach Ertz gets hurt, crossing your fingers. However, uh, it, it was good to see some players on – on my bench, you know, step up this week. And even though I didn't start him, you know, it might be a little bit of hope for coming weeks. Yeah. I, I mean, nobody likes to, nobody likes to lose. Nobody likes to lose with players on their bench having big games, but to make it worse, nobody likes having players projected like four points or six points and then go and score 22. Like there's no way that person's going to be in your starting lineup. Like there's no justification for that, but then you see that if they had been, you would have won your game. Uh, that that cuts deep. Yep. So, and then uh, one final highlight I wanted to like bring out there because I think this is probably the most points scored on a bench that I've seen. Uh, Justin Herbert had forty six point eight two points scored on the Baconators bench, and you know we were just talking about that game. All they needed was like two more points, right? Like not even not even two points. They just needed a, a point and a half basically. So, are they going to are they going to trust are they going to put uh Russell Wilson in there? I mean, he's hurt for a while, so 
they're going to be stuck with Justin Herbert, but he's been looking pretty good. So, Who would start Geno Smith? Like, let's be honest. Nobody should put in Geno Smith. I get Russell Wilson's out, but like he could have all the weapons in the world is not going to be a guy that you want to start. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I, well, so his other quarterbacks are Jameis Winston, Daniel Jones, and Justin Herbert. So, Well, Daniel Jones and Jameis Winston are out this week. Daniel yeah. Jones is probably longer. So who else does he have? Justin Herbert should be in there every week. Oh, yeah. J- Justin Herbert a, is a must start. Yeah, that's what I was like. I, I almost feel like Justin Herbert, even before this week, was a must start. I, I get it. Russell Wilson's a pretty great quarterback and stuff, but, like, uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's he's had some good weeks the, the past couple weeks. I get it. I get I mean, it. Just, Justin Herbert's on track. He should be in the top three for MVP talk. Like, Kyler's up there. Kind of hurt himself this week. Lamar's up there. He probably helped himself a lot this week. You got to throw Justin Herbert in there. Like, he had five touchdowns to lead the Chargers in that crazy game against the Browns. Like, he's he's out there doing things. Yeah, I, I mean, like, so, okay. So, I don't want to, like, completely throw Bacon under, under the bus. Because, like, week one, Russell Wilson, 29 points. Week two, 28 points. Week four, 21 points. Like, he Russell Wilson has been good, and who knew that he was going to get hurt, right? Like, that's not his fault for knowing, like, projecting a quarterback to get hurt, so. Well, no, but how much has Justin Herbert scored? That's the thing. He's got to have scored more than that. It's been about the same, so here we go. We got week week one was only 13 points. Week two was only 15. Uh, So then week week three on was a vast improvement, right? 31 and then week four 21 so like i could see starting russell wilson it just sucks for a gm bobo that justin herbert put up a career game basically over a guy that got hurt right like and he lost by one point or one and a half points so yeah i mean that's what we're kind of talking about when let's say things happen you can't predict them you just kind of go with the numbers or go with your gut or a mixture of the two and hope for the best Mm-hmm. And, and you know, like, the Browns have, like, before this game, have had a pretty decent defense, right? So, you never know. Um, all right, so let's let's review some of the matchups from this week. We'll jump right into it with our pick from last week. The Greenbud Packers played the Skull Squad. We both chose the Greenbud Packers, and we all know how that ended. Um, I will say, though, going into, I think it was Sunday Night Football, it was very, very close. It was in in fact like there was like times when the Greenbud Packers we mentioned it were like had a nine percent chance to win. It was not in the favor of the Greenbud Packers, but then injuries happened. Derek Carr just had like a down week, and the Skull Squad kind of dropped down. And then Monday Night Football happened, and the Greenbud Packers, you know, Lamar Jackson and Jonathan Taylor both went off. So, but. Yeah, both of us both of us chose the uh the Greenbow Packers to win that one. And then the uh the second game we had the Bad Dogs. They played the Adrian Petersons. This was another one, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. We had the Bad Dogs. Played the Adrian Petersons. And uh, you know, we we both went with the Bird Dogs. Yeah, I think I think until they lose. Like we're just gonna keep saying it that way. Like when you're undefeated, like you get you get some special star treatment. So, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, if 
Oh, if they if they were the if if they were like a flip flop, right? Like if they hadn't won a game yet, they'd be the the bad dogs. Oh yeah, I'd call them puppy chow. Yeah, they're not they're not really the bad dogs. They're just the dogs, right? Or maybe they're yeah. the actually bad dogs. <laughs> like yeah, the bad dogs. Yeah, yeah. But uh, hey, actually, Reams, you're you're on uh you're on the show this week. Uh, let's get some insight. I know I'm not to like. You know, kick you when you're down, but what happened? Again, rough week. Started some uh, people who should not have been started. Didn't start some people who should have. And I'm. I just want to throw this out there. I'm. I have been labeled as the number one fan of this league, and two weeks in a row, I have been picked against by the host of this podcast. And not only do I feel disrespected, but I, I'm, I'm upset. And I, I understand, you know, picking the bad dogs over myself. But the week before, I mean, come on, guys, that that hurt. Look, I in our defense, we have a actual jersey bet on the line for this, right? So I'm not, I'm not. When I make my bets, when I make my picks, I'm not like I'm not taking into account anything. I'm looking at purely who I actually think will win. And, uh, well, so I'll, I'll rewind that a little bit. I actually do. I'm going to pick the green, Bay Packers hands down every single time. I think I'm and that's only because they're the greatest team in the league. I'm not a little bitch like a uh, block. Um, according to, according to you his words, not mine. You know, he, he chose the green, Bay Packers over, uh, his team, but, but yeah, you know, we're choosing we're choosing based on who we actually think will win. And, you know, so far we haven't been that wrong. So I mean, GM Kent's been more right than wrong as, you know, as opposed to the other hosts of this podcast, but That's true. Yeah, even though apparently he's a little bitch for picking against his team. <laughs> it's, it's called uh it's called pick 'em for a reason. Listen, yeah, sometimes be you got to be unbiased. There's a big old jersey bet on the line though. So There's a massive jersey bet on the line for this and it's important. And, and he went he went with the, the jersey bet there. Uh, I mean, to the effect of picking against you this week, uh, it is no ill will towards your team, as Stephen A. Smith would say. Uh, there, it's just going against the undefeated, the undefeated uh, bad dogs. Like I mean, they're such a powerhouse right now, and until that yeah, pink in their armor shows itself, it's hard to pick against them. Like I you agree. Just, it's just hard, um, but. Uh, I, I say that because you're going against GM Kent this week, and uh, I, I got to do it to you again. I mean, we'll get into that with the pick'em later, but it, it has nothing to do with you. Your just matchups are uh, not for you, man. All right, and then so our next matchup, we got Deb versus Rojo's leftovers. I, you know, when I was when I was looking at this game last week, I was like, I thought Rojo's leftovers was gonna pull it out. I think they had won the week before. I thought they were like kind of starting to get their their role, and they were looking kind of good too. Like this was another one of those like flip flop games that they had a pretty decent chance to win for a little bit, if I remember right. And then uh, Deb pulled out, and they ended up winning. It was decently close. They only won by six points, but. Yeah, you you chose Deb on this one block. Yeah, I mean it was a close game, like you're saying, like 101-95. It's one of those like you just kind of get lucky with that one player versus another. Just kind of happens to to put you out in front. And then our uh, next game, we got pick one ninety nine versus the goat 
I, oh, wait, I'm sorry. The goat effer. I, I we'll make sure we bleep that one out. And uh, I chose the goat effer. Uh, yeah, I fucking I I really fucking was upset that I had to fucking choose this team. And then I just I really fucking hate their name. But the the goat effers are you know I had to choose them and they ended up winning. So you you chose against them, right? You chose against that fucking team. Uh yeah. Well, I mean, one I don't really like picking them to win just because I don't want to have their name associated with one of my pick'em victories because it's just disgusting. But <laughs> to be honest, they have they have a good team and they're four and one. So it's like, man, they start having these matchups. Like it's kind of hard not to pick against to, to pick against them. Rather, I'm telling you, like pick one nine nine will turn the corner eventually. Like that is not a bad team. They were projected to score one thirty six point nine. They ended up scoring one thirty six point five. Yep. Like they hit their projection. That is the point. You are like you set your lineup to score a certain amount. They did. The the goat efforts happened to score twenty points over. Like there's nothing you can do about it. Like you your team did what they were supposed to do. I think with with the pick one and nine, they have just been so unfortunate. <laughs> like I mean, riddled with like injuries and everything, like who do they they have a uh, David Montgomery on their IR and then I mean okay Cam Akers they drafted him straight to IR but like David Montgomery losing David Montgomery is a very unfortunate injury and yeah I f- they're going to turn the corner they're putting up 136 points we'll get into that when we get to like the overall wins but like they're a decent team that's just been very unfortunate yeah i mean you look at the stats they have 599 points for the team in front of them in their division is the Thunder Ducks, and they only have 590. So they're nine points under for points four. It's the fact that they their points against for pick 199 is 617, while the Thunder Ducks are 597. So, I mean, you look at it, it's like they're, they're 20 points greater. Like, you're just getting unlucky. It'll, it'll be really interesting near the end of the season of what this team's record looks like. And like I said last week, like I they they are like they are the definition of a bubble team purely because of like their record so far, right? Like if they make the playoffs, they are they're going to be like fifth or sixth seed and then if they miss the playoffs, they're going to be either like one of the first or second teams to win out of the toilet bowl. Yeah, uh, while we're talking about it, just because I, I was sitting here staring at it and I found another like cool, intriguing stat when I was looking at points for and points against. The bad dogs have 759 points for, easily the most in our league. And their points against is 505. So they have 250 points for more than the points against them. That's like that's two weeks worth more points for that they have versus their against which is insane. But even more so is the fact that the Skull Squad has about 250 just the other way. They have 567 for, 803 against. Like two teams that apparently just have been in good versus bad situations. Absolutely. Interesting to track going forward. Maybe Skull Squad's on the bounce back. Maybe GM Milam might uh, come into some rocky roads coming up. Who knows? So that's what like so I think I really like that once we get into the power rankings I really like the overall wins stat cuz that kind of like that'll like a little bit eliminate more of the 
the boom weeks, like if one team just has like an absolute boom week, kind of, you know, kind of like GM Fisher, like their their team the past couple of weeks has not really been that great. They were down in the eighties and the nineties a couple of weeks ago, um, and they just had like a boom week that brought their average points scored up pretty high, but their overall wins are still pretty low. I agree with uh, you know, especially those dynasty rankings, how you know the boomer bust weeks. You know, you hit on it with the boom weeks. It, it shouldn't reflect on the overall record uh, as far as the dynasty rankings go, but neither should a bust week. All right. So next up, we got the Baconator versus Thunder Ducks. So this one, I chose the Baconator and I thought I was like, I was already filling out this show doc of like, okay, yeah, I won this week, you know, moving me up a little bit closer. I think I was like, within one of you block uh, in our pick record. And I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. And then you ended up winning. And just fuck you, dude. Like, honestly, <laughs> like, <laughs> I was so upset. I was like, I've never been, like, more locked into a team, like, to a game that, like, I really didn't care about. But, like, I kept on going back and forth because I was like, I wanted GM Fisher to keep padding the stats for that like that the highest scoring team of all time while also like don't throw it to mark andrews <laughs> like yeah and- yeah, yeah. yeah you're like yeah gm fisher sees lamar jackson going off and every time he slings the ball mark andrews catches it, it's like fuck yeah because because uh gm fisher had a uh, he had lamar jackson and he had uh, Jonathan Taylor, and he's just like, let's just make it a running game where they're just get like Lamar Jackson versus Jonathan Taylor. They just keep on running, and it was basically that. Like they just, you know, he they did great, but uh, he just kept on throwing to Mark uh, Mark Andrews. <laughs> that I mean, that's just so good, so good. Like the whole time, all I can think of is like that scene in Achilles. Like after he defeats like that initial like big ass warrior at the very beginning of the movie, he's like, "Is there an, is there no one else?" Like the whole time, like watching the receiver core for the Ravens, like, "Is there no one else?" That's too good. Yeah, it was definitely that was definitely some bullshit there. Because um, <laughs> I was I was winning that week because I you know I had chose um, who who had I chose I had chose somebody else. Oh no, wait, we both had chose Pittsburghers. Never mind. Uh, yeah. But that, we, yeah. yeah, so we're going to break. I was even. five and one. Yeah, yeah, I was five and one that week. You were four and two. Yeah. So we were about to break even. And I was like, okay, I'll take that as whatever. Um, so th- then the matchup of the week ended up being kind of a dud, to be honest. <laughs> Fishing Levon versus Pittsburghers. We had the supervisor versus subordinate, or at least previous. We both chose Pittsburghers on this one. Pittsburghers won. I mean, they won pretty, pretty handedly. Yeah, yeah. Another, uh, another low scoring showing from Fishing the Bond. Yeah. Um. You have any thoughts on this, uh, GM Reams? Yeah, it did turn out to be a disappointing uh, game of the week for sure. I feel like there was multiple other games that could have easily ended up being the game of the week, but just like the craziness. I mean, obviously. Baconator versus Thunderducks, one of the all-time greatest comebacks, probably that like will stand for quite a while in the uh, the Spartans Super Bowl League. But I mean, 
it was still it was still whatever. But yeah, so our the our current standings, Tink, you're at twenty three. I'm at twenty, so you're ahead by three. And then we had a uh, Mail is at six, and Games is at seven. So Michael Knight, he was so busy last week fighting crime with Kit, he didn't actually get a chance to put it in his pickums. So hopefully Reams, you got your pickums in here. We'll 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 count those. All right, let's go into the. We'll we'll go to the power rankings. I and you know I apologize for not posting the power rankings last week. Uh, with the late release of the podcast, I just forgot to post them. So I'll post this week for sure. But in uh, number twelve, they're staying there. Fished in Levon. You guys got any thoughts thoughts on this team? Uh, I figured we're just kind of like roll through these power rankings. Yeah. So oh, one thing I want to kind of like say about this team. Before we move on, because I think the rest of them are pretty obvious. I think this team is has been riddled with quite a few disappointments and injuries, but also like their bench is not that great. So I think that um, that's definitely playing a part. Um, we'll see. We'll see how, how they end up performing down the down the road. Uh, and then we got the Skull Squad at number eleven, and then we got the Pittsburghers at number ten. The, all three of those teams, those previous teams, are in the same spot that they were before. And then we got the Rojos leftovers. They dropped down. Interestingly, they only have a 6% chance to make the playoffs. So, Rojos leftovers picks are going to be your top six picks, probably. Like, they're probably not make the playoffs at 1-4. and four. Next up, we got the Baconator. 19% chance to make the playoffs. Also 1-4. and four. They've been another like team that I feel like has like the potential that they've just been like a little bit disappointing as the weeks have gone on. And then if you want to talk about disappointing, we got pick one nine nine, right? <laughs> like we mentioned it before. I feel like every single week there's always something that ends up holding them back. Minus last week or two weeks ago, one hundred and seventy something points, so they're pretty great. And then the Thunder Ducks. I'll let you take this one block. Uh, yeah, uh, Thunder Ducks coming in at number six, uh, considered middle of the road. I think they've been sixth for since like week two, to be honest. Um, it says that they're going to probably finish middle of the road, possibly a little lower. I would argue that they actually probably finished a little bit higher, maybe in fifth, fourth. Uh, but I think it's probably about where they're at. They're not, they're not the league's best, no. There are teams that are up there, but. They could definitely win games. Yeah, I agree. I I think like anything can happen as long as you make the playoffs, right? Like as long as you make the playoffs, you just got to win three games and you're the champion. So, and I think they're a team that will make the playoffs, but we'll see. Next up, we got uh Adrian Peterson, GM Reams. That's the team that you run. Uh, how do you how do you feel about that? You haven't changed rankings. Yeah, three and two start. Uh, getting the two divisional games against the bad dogs out of the way uh that is a good thing for gm reams or excuse me for myself uh because the rest of the seasons or the rest of the schedule's looking up there's a couple tough games on there but um got a pretty good chance of making the playoffs and just glad to have some of the really really tough games out of the way cool yeah and then uh so after that we got the we got deb they dropped down a little bit. They're still four and one. They won their game. They're fifth in points per game 
And if their overall record is 35-20, I, I still think they're a powerhouse as long as they keep, you know, maintaining their team, keep up with their team. They have a pretty good team. Uh, and then we got the the Greenbud Packers still at number th- uh, number three, right where they were last week, 31-24. They had a, I, everybody knows they had a big game last week, but that was off the back of a couple bad games the weeks before, so... They they squeezed out some wins those first couple weeks, but a four and one start is a pretty decent way to start the season. And this one might be a surprise to all, but the bad dogs are coming in at number two. They're the only undefeated team. However, their roster rest of season roster ranking is only number five. Uh they have the highest points per game. They their overall wins would be forty five ten. And they have a right now. They have a ninety nine percent chance to win or to to make the playoffs. But they're at number two. What do you guys think about this? I think as we come into these some the, the as we come into these bye weeks, I kind of alluded to this earlier. I think we might start to see Jim Elon have some issues staying in some games. He's going to have key pieces who have been scoring twenty to thirty, sometimes even more. And all of a sudden, those pieces are now gone, and he might struggle to put up the points he's accustomed to. And if he goes against the right team on the right week, loses, Skull Squad starting to bounce back, starting to have some games, I think that division is going to kind of be a little bit tighter than what it is right now as we get to the playoffs. Yeah, I I think it's going to be really interesting to see the depth from the teams because like depth is what's going to really make like a dynasty team, right? Like. How how deep is your dynasty team? Like, are you just like a surface level team, or do you have those pieces to throw in with if a player gets hurt or on their bye week? I mean, but also, GM. I mean, GM Elam could absolutely have a team on his hands that just absorbs going three and three from week seven to week twelve, and just is okay with it. He goes five and zero, oh, gets to the buys, goes three and three comes out on the other end, 8-3, makes the playoffs, and absolutely slaughters everybody once his team is back to full strength. I mean, that is 100%. I've seen it before, and teams can genuinely have that as a strategy. Yeah, I mean, like 5-0 and compared to the bottom six teams, five of them are 1-4, and and only one of them is 2-3. and Like, there is, I feel like, a clear divide in this in this league so far. I mean, obviously, like we we talked about a pick one nine nine. You know, they've been they they made their trade that they that's like really improved their team, and I think like they've been they've had some bad luck recently. But like they're they're almost guaranteed to make the playoffs at five and zero compared to other teams. So yeah, it's it, if they make the playoffs, like we said earlier, like anything could happen. Um, and then our final team, last one we haven't mentioned, the goat effers. Four and one, they've got a ninety-one percent chance to make the playoffs. They're number two in points per game. They're number two in a rest of season roster. This was like this was the team with you, GM Reams. This was like the team up there. They finished with the regular season last year. They finished the regular season at the same record as you. This is a this is an owner that knows what he's doing. Yeah, I agree. He he knows his stuff, and he's got a good lineup and. uh It'll be interesting to see what he does the rest of the year, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if the cutoff, like the record to get, like you need to reach 
this record in order to kind of seal your spot in the playoffs is going to be something probably like nine and five, maybe eight and six, but I think it'll probably be close to like nine and five. All right, so let's get into our dynasty rankings. <laughs> Number twelve, same as last week. Say I think it's the same as the week before. We got Adrian Peterson. I would like to hear your thoughts on this, GM Reigns. Yeah, I think we've harped on it enough. Uh, bench is bad, and it it needs improvement. Um, there might be some trades in the works in the next couple of weeks, and maybe some of the bench players will will start stepping it up. But uh, yeah, it's it's no question that my bench is not great. I'm almost like even questioning like whether you actually trade away pieces because like it's almost like you're in buy now mode or like win now mode, but have nothing to trade for to push that forward. Yeah. So very interesting spot to be in. So uh, like it, like normal, we'll just kind of fly through these. Um, there's not much. Of, actually, you know what? Actually, in number 11, we got the Thunderducks uh, block. What are your what are your thoughts on uh, Thunderducks being at number eleven? They were at number ten, by the way, the week before. Yeah, I'm not quite sure why it dropped down so low. I think maybe it's taking into account the racism. Fishing Levon moved up two, so you and the Baconator both dropped down two or dropped down one. I just think it's really odd because Fishing Levon really hasn't added any pieces that necessarily greatly improve their team or their youth and. As far as I know, no pieces for GM Kent or GM Bobo have dropped pieces that would affect that. Um, and I think both GM Bobo and GM Kent have pieces on their team that are going to be around for a while. So I really, I don't, I really don't understand some of the math that, that math that goes into it. Um, I think, I think sometimes it genuinely is wrong. Like I get cases when you're talking about. GM Reams, when we talk about your team, like, yeah, depth is obviously a problem there. Okay, cool. We can address that. But if you can't show any glaring holes in a team versus experience or youth or a year two player or a year eight player, like, what are you talking about? What goes into this dynasty formula to say that some of these teams are as low as they are? So I think part of it is maybe... Maybe Chris Carson, maybe Chase Edmonds of like the unprovenness, right? Like on paper, if you were to, like if a if experts were to like rank out like the dynasty performance of some of these players, they might not rank them as high as other players. So, and I mean like Cordell Patterson, right? Like he's thirty for a running back slash wide receiver for dynasty rankings. Like it, you know he's doing great this year, but. How's he gonna do like down the road? So, but I don't. I was I was quite surprised by this because like Stefan Diggs really is not that old. Twenty seven. C D Lamb is super young. Mark Andrews just to put up like almost forty or almost fifty points, and he's only twenty six. So yeah, it's pretty interesting. But uh, any anyways, we got the Baconator at number ten. Fishing Levon. Jumped up two spots. They're at number nine. And then we got the Pittsburghers at number eight. They dropped down two, actually. Um, they basically swapped, sp- swapped spots with Rojo's Leftovers, who jumped up to number six with the Goat Effers in between at number seven. And then from number five on, they've stayed basically the same, except for Skull Squad and Bad Dogs 
swap places. School squads back at number three, and bad dogs are back at number uh number four. So yeah, you guys get any thoughts on like the top end stuff? No, I think the dinosaur rankings look pretty good. I think everything kind of fits in right there at the top. I agree with that. I don't. I think they're all where they need to be. All right, cool. So let's uh let's get a little uh, word from our sponsor before we move into our last segment. So, you know, mankind has come too far from our foraging days, right? Like we've been eating grocery store meat for so long that we forgot how to fend for ourselves. We need to get back into it. And we need to make that easier. So the guys over at Possum Sauce have invented the answer. It's an antibacterial marinade designed specifically for roadkill. It's good on squirrels, chipmunks, cats, and, you know, obviously possums. Possums were a favorite, personally. I, you know, I love a good possum with some possum sauce. It's It just hits the spot. I, I But I even had a skunk with it once. I, I wouldn't recommend it until you're on my level. I think it's that it's that upper level of the the possum sauce. You know, you you got to get your body ready for it. But yeah, possum sauce can make any meat taste like chicken. But the best tasting meat is the meat that you killed yourself or that a truck killed. Either way, as long as it's seasoned properly, right? I think we can all agree with that. And actually, so our listeners can get their first bottle free when they sign up for an 18 month supply, just an 18 month supply, you get your first bottle free. Uh, just make sure you use the code SPART uh, so that they know that we sent you. That's SPART, S P A R T. And yeah, a possum sauce. I love it. Hello. Do you want to play a game? Let's move into week six matchups. So the first game we got is Fishing Levon versus the Goat. I, uh, I'm sorry, the goat effer. So before b- before we kind of get into this real quick, I want to mention we. I'm pretty sure we all agree on every single one of these picks. The this is. I don't think that this is going to be a big week. There's only there's there's one novel. There's one disagreement or two. Sorry, there's two disagreements. Two, um, two. But that is it throughout the whole week. And that's between us and GM Reams, right? Like that's you and I agree on yes. everything, right? Yes, uh, I think this could be the first week where we actually all pick the same, for, or at least you and I pick the same. And again, for our listeners, uh, we do not tell each other our picks. That is completely random until we start the cast, and then that's whenever we reveal the uh, our picks to each other. So whenever we pick the same, uh, it's either high confidence or high stupidity. And you know, and I was looking at, I looked in depth on every single one of these. Like I couldn't see another way that the other person wins without some like crazy Mark Andrews getting 50 points scenario right so basically I don't think that there's going to be that many surprises this weekend but who fucking knows right (laughs) like so speaking of fucking knows the goat effort knows we both think that or we all think that he's going to win I don't think there's much more to say on that Fishing Levon has had some bad injuries lately, and they're a little bit hindered. Um, you guys got any more thoughts? No, I would uh, not not to uh, collude, but I think there are teams in the league that need to look at some of their rosters and make sure that they're doing the best that they can 
to give their team the best chance that it can. Yes. And, and, and I'll throw it there too. Like we mentioned in the bylaws section, if you are like too busy or something like that to set your lineup or you're on the other side of the world and you're not able to set your lineup, like let me know and we can work something out where I will set your lineup for you as long as it's pre-negotiated. Next uh, next matchup, it's a divisional matchup between the Bad Dogs and the Skull Squad. How can we not go? I almost wanted to put this as like the matchup of the week because it's like the best team in the league versus potentially arguably the worst team in the league. I mean, I would have argued the worst team in the league up until like week three or like four. But right now, Fishing Levon is definitely taking the cake as being the worst team. The school yes. squad has bounced back and had has has had some real good weeks um, the last couple ones, but man, this is still kind of that David and Goliath matchup where if school squad pulls this off and gives him his first loss, this has to go also into the the Hall of Fame for the league because doesn't look great on paper. Well, okay, so let me read you this off. So, what do all of these players have in common right now? They're all quarterbacks. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> good, good call, but Tua Tungavailoa, Jordan Love, Kelamond, Saquon Barkley, Elijah or Eno Benjamin, Elijah Mitchell, Michael Carter, Tajay Sharp, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, and Kyle Pitts. They are all projected zero points. Yep, and they are all on uh, the Skull Squad this week. So. It's not supposed to be a close game at all, but no. if he is within at least 10, he, like that would be impressive. This might be the biggest blowout of all time. I, I mean, we say that, but how crazy has this year been already? Yeah. That's how true. crazy? Like, is it impossible for him to win? No, it's not. So it, it, it shouldn't be close on paper, but this would be incredible. Then uh, our next our next matchup is pick one nine nine one hundred ninety nine versus Rojo's leftovers. I've gone with Rojo's leftovers quite a few times, and I've been very disappointed with them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've picked one nine nine plenty of times and been disappointed and burned. Like, yeah, I this is this is the burn bowl. It is it. Yeah, so I almost. We'll we'll get into this later, but I always wanted to put them as the match of the week. Uh W E A K. Um <laughs> not yeah. W E E K. But like I, I think one nine 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 one nine nine has uh turned the corner and you know, we all picked them, right? Like Rojo's leftovers doesn't stand a chance. Ah, oh, now you said that, so now I feel like they're gonna win. Like uh Yeah. Like- <laughs> Rojo's leftovers. It's again like pick one nine nine should win. They are consistent, as shown last week. They should get the dub this week. But it, it's like one of those curses when everybody picks the same team. I don't know. We'll see. I I don't see pick one nine nine losing this game just because. Well, I shouldn't say just because, but they they have both of their starting running backs are two of the top five leading rushers in the league. Uh, currently, and I I just think that this this team is stronger than Rojo's leftovers, and I think they're going to pull out the win. Speaking speaking of their top running backs, I think we need a uh, a Joe Mixon versus Chase Edmonds update. 
Uh, it's not. It's not great. To be honest, uh, Chase Edmonds is uh, is it. It's a difference between Joe Mixon and Chase Edmonds are nursing injuries. The both. Yep. But Chase Edmonds is splitting carries. 60-40 with James Conner. James Conner is stealing all kinds of red zone looks that Cliff Kingsbury stated was not going to happen. Look, he said Chase Edmonds was going to get all kinds of red zone looks, and he's not getting those. And Joe Mixon is still getting his touches, even though he's hurt, where Chase Edmonds is being dialed back, even though he's hurt. Look, I don't need I don't need excuses because I knew this was going to happen at the beginning of the season. And that's why I chose Joe Mixon. And actually, last week, I think like prior to last week, Chase Edmonds was beating Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is the thirty number thirty three running back on the season so far. Oh wait, no, I'm I'm sorry, I'm looking at uh last week's stats. Yeah, I was like, uh, that's not accurate at all. Yeah, Joe Mixon is the number fourteen running back. With uh with sixty seven point seven total points, and Chase Edmonds is the number eighteen running back with sixty four point nine total points. So still very 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 close. <laughs> oh, it's close. It's just Chase Edmonds only had four points last week, and he should have had more. I mean, the Cardinals only put up like sixteen points, so it wasn't a great game for him. But uh, I I know he's capable of more. That's why I'm I'm so confident that he's gonna win. But we'll see. It's a good bet. It's a good bet. So we got uh we got two more. We got three. Actually, we got three more matchups. Uh, we got the Adrian Petersons, GM Reeves. That's your team versus the Thunder Ducks. And uh, I I know GM Reeves. I know you had stated before you're one of the biggest fans of this show. Uh, you're you're some of the you're one of the biggest fans. The of, biggest fan. The you're you are the biggest fan of Block and I. But sorry, bud. We gotta. <laughs> we're go. We're going the Thunder Ducks on this one. I just. I don't see you. I don't see you winning it. Like I. I want to win that jersey. You know. I want to win the jersey. And if it if it means choosing the my my competitor my competitor's team over our biggest fan, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go to the competitor because I want to win that jersey. I mean, right now GM Reams is projected to win. So. Not by much, but I I do think that it will end up being a pretty good game. Um, hopefully, Chase Edmonds just keeps uh, not getting those red zone looks. Wow, that's wow. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm still your biggest fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can tell. Maybe not this week. Who are who are you more of a fan of? Uh, myself or Block? No comment. I I am. Using my Fifth Amendment rights, <laughs> we all we all know it's me. But off the record, it's blocked. Woo! Wait, wait, no! <laughs> God damn it! No! <laughs> he, said, he said blue novel. What? Oh my gosh! You you were so oh. certain. You were so certain in your mind that it was going to be you. That you already were like, "Yep, that's my thought." Uh, I thought for wait, sure what? it was going to be me. Fuck you, Reams. I'm choosing against you every single time from now on. Yeah, we play each other next week. Oh, I'm definitely choosing against you then. Uh, wait, wait, play each other. I, I'm not in this league. I'm just, I just report on this league, Reams. I'm a beat reporter for this league. My apologies. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So, let's get our final two matches. Oh, I'm not getting invited back. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be on the show again. 
we have uh so we're we're changing it from the game of the week to uh you know kind of like how fox the the fox channel does it it's going from uh the game of the week to sparta's game of the week right we're, we're all from sparta uh so sparta's game of the week we have the green bud packers versus deb two four and one teams i think this has a chance to be a another high scoring te- uh high scoring game i think it'll be pretty evenly matched what do you guys think uh so i mean i look at it and it's one of those games where like you look at it on paper and you're like wow these teams are probably going to go at it they're going to score some points it'll be like 170 175 close one um, but aren't those the games that usually come down? It's like 101 to 89. Like, what happened? These players got hurt. These players didn't perform. Like, it, those are the games that end up happening on. So, I, I still stand with the GPP going to get the victory here. But uh, this, I, th- I think it should be a good game. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if players like, you know, Devontae Adams and Jonathan Taylor and Lamar Jackson happen to tear an ACL this week. Like, it. It, it Don't happen. you say that? <laughs> yeah, so you're definitely not gonna get invite, invited back to the show. Um, you just keep keep digging the grave, right? Like, I mean, if you're down there, just keep digging, huh? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously, obviously, because I'm not a bitch, I'm choosing the Green Bud Packers. I'm choosing my team. Um, we all know that. I will. I will always choose my team. And I mean that that kind of thought process might be why that you're buying me a jersey. <laughs> so our uh, so we're we're introducing a new uh, our new thing too this week. Sparta's game of the week, spelt W E A K. The the two like worst teams or like the two teams that we just think like are gonna be. It's not gonna be a good game, <laughs> and. I know they're friends. GM Small actually invited this other person to this league. So the Baconator versus the Pittsburghers. We so Block, you and I both went with the Baconator. Reams, you went with Pittsburghers. What do you guys think? Looking back, I didn't realize that GM Small had not yet filled his tight end position. Uh, but you know, I'd I think that he's a, a good manager and a good GM, and I think he'll find someone adequate to replace him, whether that be through a trade or you know a waiver pickup. And I I think the GM Small is going to pull it out due to his due to the fact that he's just he knows football, he knows his stuff, and he's he's a good fantasy manager. I'd say I picked Baconator because gosh, I just feel like that guy needs a W right now. Like after what happened last week, that guy needs it. He whew. for real. Yeah, I mean, even like I feel like Baconator the last couple weeks has been like let down by his team. Like it, he's been like one of those teams that's like underperformed every single week. Um, so or either been like beaten by like a team that just scores like just a little bit more than them. That's because he hasn't started Justin Herbert. Start Justin Herbert, it'll change your life, man. He's the truth. Premier lineup, he'll uh, he's a, a catalyst. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, and well, and also, like, I mean, maybe even the Pittsburghers need to win, too, because they just, not this last week, but they lost to the, the Skull Squad, and that's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, but it's when the Skull Squad put up, like, 135 <laughs> points. Yeah, it's like, they just happened to face Skull Squad as they were getting their momentum going. It was just 
bad timing. Long episode. Very long episode. I think we had a good guest this week. He brought in a lot of good uh, good opinions, and it was pretty fun having a GM this time instead of a, uh, a beat reporter. So if you guys want to be, if anybody, if any of our listeners want to be a guest host, let me know. You know, we, we record on Tuesdays at 8, so we don't have anybody currently lined up for next week. However, I will tease out that we have a couple good ones coming. Maybe an ex-GM from the league maybe making an appearance in the next coming weeks to give his side of the story. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. And if again, if you guys have any ideas for any segments, or if you guys want to like even like contribute, if you want like any of the drops, if you want to put some of the drops in the show, let me know. Um, and then I want to thank our sponsors one more time. You know, keeping the lights on. You guys got any uh, final remarks? I'll tell you what. I'm probably gonna buy me a couple cases of that possum sauce. Sounds real good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to my uh, my, my free bottle. Oh, it's delicious. Let me tell you. Put it on. Put it on the squirrel. I think a squirrel is a is a good starter. You and you can find them anywhere, right? You just drive through the forest a little bit. You'll find a squirrel soon enough. Put it on there, and uh, you 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 won't be dissatisfied. You'll be you'll be, be very happy with your bottle, and you'll be happy that you just subscribe for another eighteen months of that of of a supply. So, big thank you to our guest host this week. GM Reams, and thank you to all the smart heads out there listening every week. Make sure to smash that like button and follow the show to get notified as soon as a new episode drops. If you like the show, tell your friends and drop us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at NovelRushit for all of your Spartan Super Bowl breaking news. This has been another episode of the Super Spark Guys podcast, and I'm Novel Reshit signing out.